From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Bill Barnwell is a friend on a very personal level. Like, Bill's somebody that I can text and be like, hey, Bill. I'm just having a bad day. And Bill will text me back and say, I'm sorry you're a Raiders fan. Like, I, I have a great respect and relationship <laughs> with Bill Barnwell. It's remarkable how many times we've had him on this show. So it brings me no joy to tell the world that his latest article on ESPN.com is not just flawed, it's flat out wrong. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And this one, we're going to play a little game around this, right? We're going to make it like a little bit of Goldilocks here. All right, Harry, uh, mm-hmm. you, you've got kids. You, you, you re- did you ever read your kids Goldilocks when they were when they were really little? Mm-mm. Okay. No. Okay, well, that's fine. You know, that, that, the Goldilocks, like, this bed was too, like, hard. This bed's too soft. This bed's just right. Like, you go through that whole process. Well, uh, we're going to do that with these rankings because there's an article out there. We talked about the bottom half of the rankings of the worst offseason. He gave us then the best offseasons in the NFL. All right? So, we're going to do too high, too low, just right. That's where we're going to go. So, I'll, we'll go through this. Devin, you want to get involved here? You want to tell us who the top team on the list is? We'll tell you if it's too high, too low, just right. We feel good about this? I certainly do want to get involved here. All right, Devin, why don't you give us the team, and then we'll see what we think of it. For the best offseasons in the entire National Football League, according to the one and only legendary Bill Barnwell, who do you have at the top? Before I read this first team, can you just repeat? what you just said about this what the list is this is the best offseason in the entire nfl for every single team the entire nfl okay uh the first team on the list is the washington commanders harry too high too low just right entirely too high and i understand they got rid of daniel snyder and he's no longer going to be the owner of that football team but Maybe I forgot about something. I, isn't quarterback play very, very important when it comes to your football team? Mm-hmm. They didn't really address that outside of Jacoby Brissett. They didn't draft a quarterback. They didn't bring in a big-name guy. So how are they going to be number one on this list? I don't understand it. Yeah, and, and Bill's whole premise for putting them at the top of the list is that they have changed ownership. And I understand why if you are a Washington Commanders fan, that gives you tremendous hope for the future. That doesn't give you tremendous hope for this year because now they've entered what I think is the ultimate lame duck year. Right now, it's not good to be a commander. Ron Rivera is going to have to be proving himself to a new ownership group. They have no idea what to do with Chase Young's contract at this situation and right now, and they have no quarterback. And, and I want Sam Howell to turn out to be great. Like, look, that'd be spectacular. I love it when guys come out of nowhere and succeed. But am I going to bet Harry's house? I sure as hell ain't bet mine. But am I Shea Douglas? Am I betting the Douglas Estates that <laughs> Sam Howell's going to come out here and suddenly be the best quarterback in the NFC East? No, I'm not even betting Harry's house to be really the quick? third best. What? Let, me, let me ask you a question about Washington, right? If they aren't able to make the playoffs and you don't see, you know, them playing better than they did even a season ago, can you see a scenario where Ron Rivera is let go and Eric Bieniemy takes over as the head coach? 100%. I mean, okay. if, if you're the new ownership group, what does every new ownership group in all of sports do? They make a splash, right? Yep. When this sale is finalized, and it hasn't been yet, but it will be, when the sale is finalized, 
to me, the new ownership group is going to come in and figure out what big-name coach or Washington football legend they can reassociate with, how you can re-engage your fan base. There's going to be a, a massive wholesale change. So, like, even the principle that this was the best offseason because they got rid of Dan Snyder, number one, let's finalize the deal to get rid of Dan Snyder. Number two, let's see what the new ownership group does before they do that. Like, I think the, the Washington football team, other than getting rid of Dan Snyder, had one of the worst offseasons in the NFL. I would not put them anywhere near the top half of this list, no matter what we see. Agreed. All right, you know, Dev, who do we have next on All the right, list? All right, number two on Bill Barnwell's list is the Miami Dolphins, Fitz. What do you think? Too high, too low, just right? Well, if we're taking – I don't want to hammer home the Washington point – but I could easily remove Washington and then say, okay, he made such a huge error at number one. This The, the best offseason might be Miami. It, it could be Miami. I think this is just right for them, uh, especially because, uh, look, we can debate whether or not you needed Jalen Ramsey, but they got Jalen Ramsey for a third-round pick, right? So uh, I, I think that's a huge move. Uh, they've got Vic Fangio, which is just going to wildly change the way we see this defense coming into it. As pointed out, we sometimes this happens, Harry, and you know this better than anybody – but like a, a great coordinator becomes a meh head coach, and we forget that that doesn't mean they're not still great coordinators. Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. So now you have a ton of talent, a better coordinator in that situation. Tua has the opportunity to get healthy, but you also have good weapons around him. Really love David Long also as an acquisition. Like I think Miami got Miami got substantially better. It's why I think realistically, I think Miami has a shot at keeping the Jets out of the playoffs. Yeah, I think. Three defensive moves. You alluded to every last one of them. Vic Vangio, first of all, be, uh, becoming a defensive coordinator. That's going to be huge for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think that defense is going to be able to give that ball back to the offense so they have extra possessions time and time again. David Long Jr., I like the signing of him. He was in Tennessee, a guy that can do a lot of different things on the football field, very, very active, can run sideline to sideline, can also get downhill. So I like that signing for the Miami Dolphins and also – you have a guy in Jalen Ramsey who's going to be opposite of Xavier Howard along with Javon Holland in the back end at the safety position. So now this secondary is going to look very, 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 very good to a lot of people, especially when you have teams coming in that's two or three wide receiver deep. You have those two number one guys on the outside that's going to be able to guard them. I also think, you know, when you look at, you know, the Miami Dolphins and being in the second year in that, you know, Shanahan system, the run game is going to be better. They were able to re-sign their running backs on top of drafting Davon A-Chain, who also can mm. run on a 4 by 100 meter on this team and beat a lot, of, a lot of people that, you know, train professionally in track. I, I heard this morning, what if, on Get Up, as they were talking to you, and one of the what if questions was, was what if uh, Tua can stay healthy for the entire season? Mm. To me, if Tua stays healthy the entire season – the Dolphins are a bigger threat to the Bills than than the Jets are. I, I think the the Dolphins have a chance to be the best team in the AFC. If Tua is healthy, I think the Dolphins are a Super Bowl contender. So I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I, I, the, I, number two feels it, at least number two, maybe number three. What do you, who do we have next, Deb? All right, number three is the second team in the NFC East that's uh, in this top five. The Dallas Cowboys, Harry, too high, too low, just right. No, I think it's just right as well. Being able to – well, defensively, um, they needed to upgrade, you know, a few spots. They was able to get Mozzie Smith, who's going to, you know, be able to anchor the middle of that defense along with Overshawn from Texas. Those two guys are going to be instant impacts with them. Being able to re-sign Donovan Wilson, then you trade it for um, another corner, um, Stephon Gilmore, who can play opposite of Trayvon Diggs. 
And then not only that, Brandon Cooks. Being able to trade for Brandon Cooks is going to be phenomenal. Now you have that wide receiver who's able to take the top off to go along with C.D. Lamb and also Michael Gallup. So I can see the Cowboys being in this number three spot with no you know, questions about it. I, I like everything you just said. I just think that there are teams that have had more impact. Like, I, for my money, I, I would put Baltimore in in this range at number three or number four. Not only did they take care of their quarterback position, which is the biggest thing they needed to do this offseason, they added a bunch of talent. Like, Zay Flowers, somebody we loved in the draft, they added a bunch of talent. Like, I think you're right. Dallas did a lot of really good things. But when I think winners of the offseason, there are teams like, I think the way the Bengals spent their money was pretty significant this year like I think there are teams that I would put in that same tier it feels like it's probably about right but it also could be a little high for me but but here's what we can do you take Washington off that list you move Miami to number one you can actually put Baltimore at number two and then you can just keep Dallas I I would be I would be actually pretty good with that who you got next Dev all right, well, let's move on to the last team in the top five because number four is the Eagles, and I think we all can agree that they mm-hmm. had a good offseason. Yeah, we really like them, yeah. The Green Bay the Packers are number five, Fitz. What do you think? Too no. high, too low, just right? This makes no sense to me at all. I, I I don't understand how you could possibly say that moving on to a quarterback that you haven't really invested in and finally getting rid of Aaron Rodgers but putting yourself in Jordan Love when we have no idea who Jordan Love is going to be. I know they got a bunch back for Aaron Rodgers, but – we expected that they would get a bunch back for Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think, like, at the at the very best, the best grade that I can give the Packers right now is an incomplete because we have no idea until we see Jordan Love play what they've actually done to their team moving forward. And I'm not going to buy that suddenly they have all these weapons when that just doesn't seem to be proof in the in the like again i would i'd be looking at a team like cincinnati i'd be looking at uh, several teams to move up and I'd, I'd put carolina higher than i would put the the packers i put the jets higher than i put the packers right now for getting aaron Rodgers than the team that gave up on him. well I, I would say this about the packers they were able to acquire some you know some good pieces for their offense and also jordan love But the question marks surrounding Jordan Love, in my eyes, doesn't allow them to be in the top five because there's so much unknown that we do not know. Now, we would know those things after this season is complete and it's finished when Jordan Love has played 17 games, hopefully. So I just think having them at five or in the top five, I I just don't see it being feasible. Yeah, I also think, by the way, another team that was sort of on the outside looking in was the 49ers on this just because Javon Hargrave, like we've just glossed over that signing Mm -hmm. because it's so far back. But I think there are a lot of teams that had better off seasons than both Philadelphia and Green. Again, Bill does great work. You know what? I would throw Detroit in there in the top five way before I put the Green Bay Packers. And and I don't like when people just bank on, you know, being able to have the draft capital. Yes, it's good, but you don't know if you're going to hit on those guys. Yeah, I mean, a thousand percent. Uh, You're totally right on that. And Detroit uh, did a really nice job with the picks that we know that they've had in the draft at this point. Uh, Go check the article out. It's out on ESPN.com. Bill Barnwell, uh, every fan base should want to read it. It does a really nice job of breaking down what went right, what went wrong, and what's left to do for every team across the landscape. All 32 teams, no no surprise where my beloved Raiders are on the list. It's very, very low. Oh, easy. 32nd. All right. You know what? Our next guest might be the most decorated athlete we've ever had on the show. We're going to talk to her next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take? How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry.
You guys know the drill. It's good take, hot take. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're going to play the take of a peer, and then we'll decide if it's good take. We love it. Seems like it's smart. It's a hot take. That person has lost their damn mind. All right, Harry, are you ready? Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, are you ready for this good to good? Let's go, bro. We're going to start with Draymond Green. That's right. He was on the Volume Sports Podcast. You know it well. Draymond Green, you know him well. And this is what he said about the Celtics pressure games in Miami. The Boston Celtics are who we thought they were. They got to the moment, and they did not look like they were ready for the moment. All of a sudden, all the shots were short again. All of a sudden, they looked like they couldn't play basketball with their left hand again. All of a sudden, they looked like exactly who we thought they were. So let's think about this. Like, if you think back through the series, in every game that mattered, and now when I say mattered, I mean mattered for them, like where the pressure was on them, they were supposed to win, they actually lost. And quite frankly, they won on like a garbage buzzer beater at the last second. Give it Derek White credit. Like he made the play. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But like they almost, they gave that game away. What do you think, Harry? Good take, hot take. The Celtics didn't win any pressure games. I think this is a hot take. I think every game after you go down 3-0, in my eyes, is a pressure game because you're one game away from going home and sitting on your couch or, you know, Cancun on three, Cancun on me. So I think every game after that, became a pressure game for Boston, especially them being the favorites in just about every last one of those games, right, Fitz? They were favored to win in every single last one of those games. They were favored in every game yeah, in that so series. I think this is a hot take. Yeah, this is not only a hot take. Congratulations, Draymond. Welcome to mainstream media. In a, in a world where we've been fighting a new media versus old media, and the argument from new media has been that people are just saying things for clicks, well, it looks like apparently you've joined the big time because – the only way you could possibly be saying that is if you want people to pay attention to nonsense. There's no but way listen, you can actually though, believe it. I think Draymond is digging into the Celtics a little bit because let's not forget, they played them in the NBA Finals last year. So some of the things that you know happened to this team in the NBA Finals last year against the Golden State Warriors kind of happened against the Miami Heat this year as well. Yeah, I, I also think that if we made the same argument to Draymond about winning a pressure game, if they were up for elimination and they managed to stave it off, he would tell us we were idiots for not thinking there was pressure in that. I'm just saying, all right, let's take a listen to this. Chris Canty, Candy and Carlin was on Get Up, talking about Aaron Rodgers and what a Super Bowl win would do for his GOAT <laughs> status. He's absolutely in the GOAT conversation, top five quarterbacks of all time. And here's the thing, guys. You got to have multiple championships to be there, right? You're talking about Tom Brady. You're talking about Joe Montana. You're talking about Peyton Manning. You're talking about John Elway. Hell, you're talking about Pat Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers ain't there. He's only won one chip, only been to one Super Bowl. If he would be able to exercise those demons, in his words, keep that Lombardi trophy case at Florham Park from being so lonely and add another one to it, then, yeah, all of a sudden we're talking about the four-time MVP being in the conversation for the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Ooh. I would say this is a good take because the way I view Aaron Rodgers as being one of the, if not the, you know, greatest thrower to ever, you know, let a football come out of his hands, I think you, you look at Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in that conversation as well. If he can uh, lead the New York Jets to an, uh, another Super Bowl, their first in a very, very long time, I think you have to open that door. Here's the only thing. After he gets that one, I don't think any more are coming after that. So, 
It'll just be a, a, a little conversation here and there. And that's why, to me, look, y'all know how I feel about championships in these conversations anyway, but let's be real. He has one Super Bowl, but Peyton Manning was one that Kenny listed in that. How many times have I heard sports talk hosts on shows on ESPN, every time we hear, oh, well, Peyton won one with Denver, somebody in the room says, oh, but he didn't really win that Super Bowl. The defense won that Super Bowl. Like, context is going to matter to all of this. And the other yeah. part of it is there's no way he's catching Brady. So, like, what are we really talking about? It, 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 he he goes from being the second best of all time to the third best of all time. Uh, you know, uh, what, are we, what are we really breaking down here? He's the well, first well, well, he, Hall he's of Famer. Just, he's just entering the conversation again. It, it, it can't go anywhere but just the conversation. Yeah, I mean. It's the only place it can go. Exactly. I, I think the legacy of Aaron Rodgers is cemented. There's not much that can be done one way or the other that should count uh, for or against it. This is Stephen A. Smith talking about whose run has been more impressive the Nuggets or the Heat from first take? Jokic is something to behold. Murray is something to behold with taking notice of Mike Malone and what a great coach he is. I'm looking at them and one could argue they did what they were supposed to do. I'm saying they did it. They still did it. I'm not going to take that away from them. They've been a dominant team in this postseason. And that's where I come up with they've been more impressive because they've handled their business in thorough fashion. Nuggets more impressive than the Heat this run? I'm going to say I'm going to say good take. I think the Nuggets run is more impressive. When I look at the Miami Heat, and I don't want to take anything away from them even though they were an 8C, they were in the play-in situation. But Giannis wasn't 100% healthy even though they still went out there and beat them. The New York Knicks wasn't a team that a lot of people thought was going to beat the Miami Heat. They won that series. And then you got the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde from the Boston Celtics. And we've seen the worst case of it, the down that is, in a game seven. When I look at the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic and company, you talk about Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. You talk about Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. You talk about LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. You talk about some monsters they had to get through in order to get to an NBA championship. That's why I think the exact reason you just said is the reason why I think the Heat's run is more impressive. They were five minutes away from elimination in the play-in. Then they had to play the number one overall seed. Yes, there were some issues with the Bucs, but they had to play the number one overall seed. Then they had to go win in the Garden repeatedly. Then they had to go take on the number two seed in the East. They didn't get any grace through any of that. They're the eighth-seeded team that barely squeaks into the playoffs and to begin with with more undrafted players than we've ever seen at this point in a playoff run. Sure, you're right. For Jokic, it, it has been an impressive, it has been an incredible run. And watching the Nuggets make it look easy has been one of the coolest parts of this run. But the Heat having to just will their way through the wildly favorited teams in each round to me – Way more impressive. I think it comes to an end now, but my God, if it doesn't, the Heat and their opportunity, they will have beaten the one seed, the four seed, the two seed, and a one seed to win a championship. Like, I don't know what else you could ask from somebody in that process. Like, that, for me, the Heat are, are the more impressive uh, in the meantime. All right, what, one more thing here. One more thing we got to play for good take, hot take. I'm just going to play you this. Uh-oh. Let me see here. I'm pressing. Pressing the button. It won't play. Pressing the button. It won't play. We're having computer malfunction issues. See if we can get this to play. We have one take left from Good Take, Hot Take. This is today. This is on Get Up. But we can't get it to play. 
All I'm going to say, we'll just it must be It must be a smart human being that we're about to play. It's a smart human being that told the world smart. on Get Up this morning that if you just speak it into existence, you can make anything happen. We needed this. We needed this <laughs> moment because all I have to say is the Raiders are winning the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Devin, any any Super Bowl prediction for us? I know we couldn't oh get it to play. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. You just got to believe it, right? Giants Raiders Super Bowl, right? We're manifesting Giants Raiders <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl. Oh, I got something for y'all. Nick, well, Nick, you got even though it can't play, let me say this, guys. Everything that has transpired and happened for me in my life, it was spoken to existence on top of putting the work in to get me there. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers saying, oh, the Jets have won the Super Bowl. You got to have a vision. I mentioned this morning on Get Up, Proverbs 29:18 says, when there is no vision, the people will perish. If you don't have a vision, you will stand for anything. You got to have the vision, but you also got to put the work in. Aaron Rodgers has envisioned this for him and his team. That's all this is. He's speaking it into existence, ladies and gentlemen. That's all. Uh, uh, look, uh, all I know is that Devin and I would like the entire summer off of the show to work on our vision boards that will take us to the Raiders <laughs> and the Giants playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, again, can't say about Oh, I'll throw up. If you... <laughs> Oh. If you didn't watch Get Up, you oh, should totally. go out and watch it on repeat on ESPN+. Plus. Harry Douglas uh, kicked ass and took names this morning. Always proud of him when he's up on that show. Coming up, Tyreek Hill believes Tua is going to go off. We'll ask what our next, uh, we will ask our next guest what that means for the Dolphins. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We got plenty to get into today about the NBA. Obviously, tomorrow the NBA Finals will start. You can listen to that on ESPN Radio. We will get you all of it. Plus, I am going to absolutely thrash some of my peers when it comes to the poor takes that have been out there, the factually incorrect takes that have been out there regarding Tom Brady. we got a lot that we're going to get to over the course of the next hour and a half, hanging out Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. But now we love hanging out with Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst, one of our best, one of our favorites. Coach, appreciate your time. Deshaun Watson said he'd love to have DeAndre Hopkins on the Browns. Doesn't surprise any of us. Great players want to play together. They have a history. What do you make of that fit and possible pairing? Well, I think it'd be a good fit, actually, going to Cleveland. Um you know, as, as, as we look at Cleveland and, and what they've done on the offseason, they've, they've done a nice job of collecting players. Uh, did a pretty good job in, in, in the draft as well. Um, this team was 3-3 three and three in the division uh, in the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals were 3-3. Three and three. The Ravens were 3-3, three and three, and the Pittsburgh Steelers were 3-3. Three and three. Now, they were a 7-10 and 10 football team. Deshaun uh, Watson, obviously, was out of football for quite some time. Uh, and, and, and it looked like it, you know, like I always say about football, you can't cheat the grass. And that means when you don't come to practice, the grass knows and it shows up. And I think he's, this team is much improved. Um, getting a receiver like this obviously would help them tremendously. Coach love having you on the show. Two teams also linked to Deandre Hopkins, the Kansas city chiefs, as well as the Buffalo Bills, based on the quarterbacks mm. and the offense, which team would you rather see uh, see Hopkins join? Well, obviously, if he goes to the Chiefs, it's not fair, right? <laughs> You're telling me, it, Coach? It ain't, it ain't a, it's not a fair. It's not a fair deal, man. I mean, <laughs> but you know, it, it's funny. And, and you played receiver. You know this. What does he want? 
you know, does he want to be the star? Does he want to be a complimentary guy? He's probably going to have to play in the slot. Um, you know, what does he want? Does he want to win a Super Bowl? Does he want 100 receptions? I don't know what this guy wants. And I think that's where it all lies. What is he looking for as a, as a, as a player? He's toward the end of his career. What is he looking for? I would hope he would say, man, I want to go to Super Bowl to win. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You know, I don't know. He got all the money he wants. Okay, so what else? All right, well, you, you, you want to be the number one receiver? Yeah. You go to Kansas City, I don't know if you're going to be the number one receiver. The tight end is the number one receiver, by the way. So, I don't know. Sit around. This only has me thinking about, I mean, I'm sitting here talking to two brilliant football people, right? Coach, educate me for a second because OTAs just happen. And I, let me tell you guys what fans do. When OTAs happen, fans like me are hitting Twitter every two seconds. We're checking our favorite reporters and we're looking for every little detail from every practice. From y'all's standpoint, what's real? Like, Coach, when you're watching OTAs, what's a real thing that you're looking for to see if a team accomplishes? If they come together. The yep. trust they build for each other in, in groups. You know, if you're the Jets, how does this receiving core all of a sudden come together for Aaron Rodgers? He's got some help. Got Cobb and Lazard there. And Harry knows this. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw you open. You ain't never covered. He's going to throw you open. And you better be in the right spot. Because if you're not in the right spot with Aaron Rodgers, don't worry about it. You ain't getting the ball. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> you know, so – this is more of the players kind of feeling each other out, the new players through the draft, maybe some guys they acquired in free agency. You're kind of building this team chemistry, and you're looking around. You know, players know, especially the veteran guys been around, you know, they, they leave there. And, and the head coach, you know, and I've been a head coach, you're always kind of about the third or fourth day, you, you get a couple of the vets and you go, how are we doing? And the vets kind of let you know about the new players. The guys you acquired in the draft, sometimes they give you, Coach, we're going to be okay. Sometimes they tell you, Coach, still got a little work to do. It's interesting the conversation you have with the vet. Yeah, when it comes to OTAs in the offseason, um, I, I think it's two things that really happen, right? Can this team come together and have that continuity? Um, are defense alignment hanging out with the receivers? Is, is things mixed or are teams just, you know, hanging out with certain position groups? Or are they just going out and doing things together? So you're looking for that continuity. But also, you know, you got to remember, you don't have pads on. So offensive linemen and defensive linemen, it's not like they're getting real work. They're getting the conditioning in and you're, you're going through the playbook. But the, the real work in OTAs really comes from the quarterback position, the wide receivers, the DBs, the safeties, and secondary because – those are really the groups that can really, you know, go full speed and benefit from the off-season training assessments. And I'll say this, the quicker you can come together, the better off you're going to have. That's why I thought it was very imperative and important for Aaron Rodgers to be there with the New York Jets. But Coach, I got to ask you something about Tua. Tyreek Hill believes Tua can, you know, go crazy again Ooh. this year. I honestly believe him. What do you think is the ceiling for Tua in 2023? If he can play every game? He's the MVP candidate. He's a 30-plus touchdown guy. I mean, you guys, say what you want. You mess around let this team stay healthy, they might win the division. They, look, they, they just did something defensively, quiet as kept. They can stop the run. 
them big fellows up front to stop the run, their, their Achilles heel was the back end. What did they do? Drafted the corner Smith in the first round. They traded for Ramsey. They got Howard. They moved Howard into the nickel. Now you got two corners, big long corners, 6'1", long guys, can play press covers. Vic Fangio's the defensive coordinator. <laughs> they can stop the run. <laughs> now they can stop the pass. And here's the crazy part. You're going to have to pass it against them. You know why? Because that offense can score. It can score like a lot, like real fast, too. So <laughs> you better be careful. <laughs> if Tua can stay healthy, this could be a team that's going to be a hard out. I'm telling you, Coach, when you talk about the game, it just brings joy to my heart. I'm just – I know we, we every time you come on, we just keep telling you what fans we are. But, man, just listening to you talk about the game, God, this is why we love football. Thanks for the time, man. I, I really well, appreciate it. Well, hold on. Let me, oh, say, let me say oh, this oh, to Coach. Because he, he could have coached me any day. See, Coach, I don't get upset at people <laughs> yelling at me. See, my daddy was my coach growing up. You talk about yelling and getting jacked up. Oh, it happened on numerous of occasions. See, you know, this generation nowadays, you got to, hey, you got to do it like this. You got to do it yeah. like that. You yeah. can coach me any day, Coach. Any day of the week. I, I, I love coaching guys like you. Look, I, I just love being around the players because I look at it through a player's lens. I've always had. And, you know, I'm a guy that tries to uplift everybody. That's just who I am. Uh, that's how I'm built. It's all about giving players knowledge. And when you give players knowledge and information, they become better. And that's what you're doing for all of us here, Coach. We appreciate your time. Can't wait to hang out with you again soon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Enjoy a little downtime My this pleasure, summer man. if you can. Have a great day. That's Herm Edwards, ESPN NFL analyst. By the way, Harry, that's another thing we share in common, like, you know, uh, obviously you grew up an athlete. I grew up a musician, but my favorite teachers were the ones that were absolutely the hardest on me, like, you know, yep. throwing things at me. And uh, had one teacher with a prosthetic leg. He used to take it off and threaten to hit me with it when I played poorly, which <laughs> I laugh at now. I was creepy as hell when I was 10 years old. But that's uh, I'm with you. Uh, we'll take that. Uh, and love Herm's uh, energy is always such a huge, huge part of what why we love having him on. All right, coming up, what's a bigger concern? The Celtics without Jalen Brown or the Sixers without James Harden? We'll answer that question next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. All right, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. We're going to bring Devin in. And we're going to play a game, Bigger Concern. Devin's going to give us two scenarios. We'll decide which one is more concerning. Right, Devin? I think we've got the, yeah, the crux you got of this. It. You nailed it. Devin, are you feeling prepared for this moment? Yes. Okay. Was All that right. uh, decisive enough Yeah, for you? that was decisive. Yeah, okay. that was that was decisive. Okay, what do you got? All right, Fitz, let's start with you first. Bigger Concern, the Celtics without Jalen Brown or the Sixers without James Harden? Uh, the Celtics without Jalen Brown, uh, because at the end of the day, the Celtics have to figure out how they're going to build around Jason Tatum, whatever that looks like. If you are the 76ers, you have Joel Embiid, you still feel like you have other pieces around that are comfortable in that environment. You have other shooters around you can believe in. I just feel like anytime, like James Harden also isn't Jalen Brown to me. James Harden is on the decline, a little bit older, and a guy that was at a superstar level. Jalen Brown is supposed to be the guy that's on the rise that is going to become superstar. So I think the Celtics trying to figure out how to replace Jalen Brown is more significant than the Sixers trying to figure out how to place James Harden, replace James Harden, especially considering the fact that James Harden has never met you know, a defensive effort he wanted to give. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All right, go ahead, Harry. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, for me, I think it's a bigger, a bigger concern – uh, the Celtics without Jalen Brown. When I look at a guy 
like James Harden, I look at the Philadelphia 76ers, okay, if he isn't there, you say who's going to step up and, and have the production that he was able to have. I say Tyrese Maxey is going to have to step up a little bit more. Also, Tobias Harris, that's going to leave him room to step up that much more. And then you can you know, try to bring in somebody else. When you look at a guy like Jalen Brown who can defend on a defensive end, but also average 26 points, I believe, this, this regular season, that's a lot to account for. Right. And I just think, you know, his presence being out there with a Jason Tatum, although I think that duo can, you know, grow in, in, in some other ways. I think it's it's more it's more likely to hurt the Celtics than it is the 76ers if they didn't have Harden. All right. What do you got next for us? All right. Next up, Harry. Big concern. The Warriors without one of their big three, Steph, Clay or Draymond or the Warriors without Bob Myers running the ship. Yeah, this is easy for me. I think the uh, the Warriors without one of their big three. You talk about three guys who've been the core foundation of the Golden State Warriors for a very, very long time. And I understand Bob Myers had to put a lot of things together and put a lot of pieces in place. But I think just the relationship between those three guys, and as long as you have them on the court and have them on your team within your organization, I think they have an opportunity to contend for an NBA championship year in and year out. I understand Bob Myers is no longer there. But that doesn't mean the champ- championship aspirations of the Golden State Warriors are gone because he isn't there because they still have the big three. For now. I mean, I think, to your point, short-term, the bigger concern is the Warriors without one of their big three. Long-term, I'd be concerned about who's going to be running it. Like, finding a big three is not particularly easy. Maintaining competitive uh, relevance for a generation is hard. I, I think it's there. I'm more concerned about the Warriors without Bob Myers because there's such an unknown to how they're going to build their roster moving forward. For the next two or three years, it's the Warriors without one of their big three. For the next 10 years, it's without Bob Myers because I have no idea who in that building is going to step up and find the next big three that the Warriors will need. I, either way, not a great situation, but I think short term, it's uh, without the big three. Long term, it's without Bob. All right, Fitz. Next up, I'm sorry about this. Bigger concern, the QB situation in Las Vegas with the Raiders or in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers? Bigger concern. Uh, I've got plenty to say, and we'll get into it in about 20 minutes. i got plenty to say about the quarterback situation with the Raiders, all right, and some of the misinformation that's out there. The bigger concern right now, I mean, both of these are terrible. Uh, I, I think it's Tampa Bay. I, I, I think Tampa Bay has absolutely no answer. Not that the Raiders do either, but at least the Raiders have given themselves, in theory, a capable backup to help them for a day while they figure out what to do. I don't know. Actually, it might be the Raiders. The Raiders might have the worst quarterback situation in the NFL right now. I don't know, Harry. What do you think? Well, for me, I'm not a believer in Baker Mayfield, nor am I a believer in Kyle Trash. I just literally on Get Up this morning watched those two guys throw routes on air, seam routes to guys, and throw the football over guys' heads. And a coach always taught me, if you can't complete routes on air, you don't stand a damn chance. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers in and, this scenario. You know, real quick, I'll say I, I was at the Raiders-Jets game years ago uh, at MetLife when the Raiders still had something to play for, and Derek Carr was awful, and the Jets killed him in that game. One thing that I'll never forget is during the warm-ups, I was watching Derek Carr overthrow everybody in warm-ups, and one of the guys standing next to me was like, man, if you can't hit him right now, you're not going to hit him in the game. Boy, were they right. Okay, so I feel that all the way to my core. I think both teams are screwed at the quarterback position moving forward. True story. Again, later in the show, I got plenty to say. Raiders fans, hang tight. Give me a minute. I can't get it out. I can't get everything I have to say out in 30 seconds, so we're going to have to wait a little bit for that. What do you got next, Deb? All right, Harry, let's go to this last one. Bigger concern, the Nuggets defending Jimmy Butler or the Heat defending Nikola Jokic? Oh, the Heat defending Nikola Jokic. Because you're talking about the, a Heat team that loves to play zone. 
right? And you love to play zone. Nikola Jokic is going to get that ball at the elbow. And we all know if you try to double team him, he's going to make the right play. That's going to bring productivity to the Denver Nuggets. So I think when you have a guy that, you know, averages a triple double in this postseason and is phenomenal passing the basketball scoring and can make the right decisions, I think you need to figure out a way to guard him, in which I don't think that's even possible. So one of my favorite things to say is control the controllables, right? It is what it is, all of those things that drive people crazy. I'm going to say the answer to this question, which is the bigger concern, is the Nuggets defending Jimmy Butler, and I'll tell you why here. Because they know they don't have a chance at stopping Jokic. Why be concerned about something you know you ain't going to do? You just got to look over and be like, you know what? Let him get his 40, 15, and 12 every single game. That well, There's nothing we can do about that. You know, At least on the other side, you can look at it and say, well, I think there's a, pa- there's a path that gets us to slowing down Jimmy Butler. If you today are the Heat, you're watching film on Jokic, and you're like, yeah, I, you know what? we'll just we'll figure out maybe don't let everybody else beat us like that's going to be the real answer on this there is nothing that he so it's gonna be, be a, it's gonna it's gonna be a long one for bam huh oh it's like bam might just want to like wait this one out bam just <laughs> just ease your way up like cherry pick just don't even make it past half court let Jokic do his thing and then hope you can score some of the other end i sorry not, federica like i'm sorry federica you are the best unlike the heat in this series i'm just saying okay Ooh. our next guest is the most decorated american athlete we've ever had on this show we'll get some wisdom from her next Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.